You're listening to the Potato Candy Network. Hello, and welcome to a blank scenario. Hello. Oh, am I too loud? No, it's just, it, it threw me off. I'm Hello, like, ah, peasants. Maybe you should be so sensitive to hear. I don't know. <laughs> and the peasants rejoice. Yay. Yay. Right, welcome Yay. back. I am your lovely host, Marie, a.k.a. a queen in yellow, and I am so old today. No, you're not. It's her birthday. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's your cutoff Emily point. literally said that as she walked in the door with cookies for me. She did, and that was about 10 minutes ago. Like, I've deleted some information since then. He's had one of those cookies since then. He's actually awake now. Had three and a half of those cookies and since then. They're really good. To be fair, I forgot about it until Casey told me after I had coffee this morning. Uh-huh. So, yeah. We have so many That's people possible. here with us today. Oh. <laughs> Am I supposed to introduce myself now? No. I'm Casey Grump Elf. I am Emily Darkling. Okay. I'm Sir Isaac Sir Sasquatch. That's Sasquatch. Sasquatch. <laughs> of the cookies. Sasquatch! That's how the kids at camp spell it. <laughs> letters did you have to add to we that? had dashes and other vowels and a z uh, on off to a different topic from names i guess so this week i had the inspiration and this actually comes from a random book i found at work for 75 cents hoot hoot that was um dark tales of history i don't remember the actual name because i don't have the book with me but it's basically all the random things in history that have happened that are really disturbing such as random beheadings salem witch trials and julius caesar please tell me this was a children's book yep random beheadings like you'd be well it was you know different like french revolutions and whatnot so different beheadings and facts about them so like um, i think joan of arc was included as i was flipping through well there's you get to um h.h holmes by the end of it oh there we go you know that's fun children's topics makes sense totally yeah (laughs) yeah all the little unknown like little known facts about these people that are still disturbing but julius caesar came up which everyone knows julius caesar you know um et tu brute kind of stuff but apparently, um, both in the Shakespeare play as well as historically, there are a lot of signs that there's an assassination coming, including there were archaeologists, because Rome has archaeologists. That was, I didn't know that was really cool. And they uncovered a tomb, and in the tomb, there is a, there's a prophecy that when the birds fly over Rome, a leader, leader will die. And the next day, a bunch of birds flew over the city. That was not normal for the city. So there were a ton of signs that something was coming other than the beware the Ides of March. So Caesar was kind of an idiot. (laughs) And also for superstitious people, they were not paying attention very well. So I had the thought, what if you have a town leader who isn't as dumb as Caesar was, who sees all these signs of an assassination attempt and has hired the party to protect him? This was one I was initially worried about because I felt like it it could be very railroady. Very quickly in that you could just set up events and it would basically just be, does the guy survive the night or do you let him die within the first you know, two hours and you're framed for it maybe. But it, you could do a lot with it. You just have to have all the signs set up potentially. You'd also have to decide upon whether or not he is going to be assassinated or if this is a coup of some kind. This would really just be a time crunch, if anything. Because especially if you told the players, hey, I might be assassinated, protect me. They now have a time limit they have to pass to protect the guy. This would be something where I'm going to be assassinated tonight. I must survive till dawn type situation. 
if you want it to be not railroady because that gives a timeline if you're if you just leave it open-ended as i will be assassinated then it becomes railroady because then it's i have to find the assassin i have mm-hmm. to find out the conspiracy i have to do all of this stuff and it's forcing them into that or at least could force them into that so if you're wanting to give a timeline it would be i will be assassinated this day but the issue is with anything that's quote-unquote prophetical it's gonna feel railroady yeah so what if just to lock in the first detail you have a leader who believes he'll be assassinated in three days that's enough time for the the players to kind of run around and do stuff and you can have a lot of events happening could you make it instead of assassinated he will die in three days Ooh. He knows that he will be dead in three days, or he has been told that he will be dead in three days. Because then it could be assassination. It could be accidental. Up. It could be even if I wouldn't say this is super railroady, but if you, as the GM, know he's dying of some kind of sickness, mm-hmm. and at the end of three days he dies, just bottom line. Gotcha. However, you want to approach that, but that just saying he's going to die leaves it very open ended, mm-hmm. and kind of puts it in the player's hands as to how they want to research it. I like that better, actually, yeah. Because you could even have them investigating and then not necessarily know exactly how he's going to die if you want to have a assassination attempt just in the back pocket or if you want to have he's going to be poisoned by someone mm-hmm. or even just he's dying of old age kind of thing if you really want to stretch it. Or he fell in the shower and broke his neck. Yeah. Or just the idea of doing the timeline, very much like the idea of you going back to the idea of, oh, there's signs, this guy's really smart, his seers and his wise men and his prophets have all told him, hey, these signs say they all point to somebody important dying, you happen to be the most important person (laughs) in the whole of this little itty-bitty podunk town, (laughs) middle of nowhere, so you're going to die in three days. We don't know the details apart from you're going to be dead. (laughs) So that could lead into that, so I think... Who who is it that's gonna die? Are we deciding it's gonna be a Julius the, Caesar? It's a Julius Caesar type character. It's really just the leader of I want to say a town. Okay. Because I think if you do a city, it puts a lot more pressure or takes a lot of pressure off the players to interact with it because then you have city guards, you have mm-hmm. the political intrigue aspect of it, and the ties that way. In a small town, you could get either a ruthless leader, you could get a very kind leader. You could even get just the guy who got elected in as mayor and doesn't do anything. But leader. he's now terrified he's going to die. Okay, I'm going to lock in that it's a leader. And in my mind, it's going to be Julius Caesar because... Can I give it, him a name? Sure. Julius Slade. That works. Uh, I need to slash out and That could Caesar. work for girl because Julie. Slade. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to kill a Julie. And also, if you end up having... It's set in a certain way, like, okay, it's going to be an assassination attempt by the certain gang, which anyone can say how they want to do it. But if it's going to be done like that, if it's Julius Caesar and he's in this world of prophecy, then those prophecies become your mechanics as to how exactly you're going to get your assassination done. So you can be just as flexible on the go as you need to with your players that are either murder hobos, which we talk about or you always got to consider your wonderful murder hobo Mm -hmm. or your people who really like to get in depth and investigate like we tend to do whenever we play it can go however deep as you need to well what else about this well this prophecy here says this and this and this and this this prophecy says here this and this and this and this it's 
an easy way out, <laughs> which I appreciate easy things. But that's, I'm going to lock in that it is Julius Slade, or Slate. So we're going much more high profile. Yes. Okay. I do Slade because it was a play on salad. Okay, I miss, oh, okay. <laughs> I was, okay, I thought you were referencing like a DC villain. No, there's also I was like, the, that works for me, sure. There's also the creature called the, I think it's called the Salad or the, the Salade. That are it's spelled salad, oh. but they're reptile-like creatures in D and I'm going to put Julius vegetarian. Getting into the comedy aspect of this, this may be a personal run for how I would do it, but I would love for this. I loved at the very beginning of all of the blank scenarios. My comments were, "I tend to run things from the darker side of life. I tend to be dark." And the last three or four I've come up with have been funny. Just be stupid mm-hmm. with it. That that's what you do. Anyways, I would love for this to be a situation where he's a leader, that it was prophesied the day that he was born that he would die on his twenty third birthday, which it's three days away mm-hmm. for his twenty third birthday. And part of what makes this so difficult is that he is extremely accident prone. But because he is a leader of some kind, everybody's been walking around cleaning up behind him as he goes. So to him, he's completely safe. He's never had a problem of any kind. But everyone else who's been wandering behind him, cleaning up after him, is aware of the fact that, yeah, he could probably die just by walking outside. I want to amend my first point I did. Rather than dying in three days, he'll die within three days. So if the prophecy was he will die before his 23rd birthday... People have basically just been expecting him to die and waiting for it, whether or not he's aware of it. So by the time he gets to his 23rd birthday is in three days, people are waiting for him to die and trying to avoid this. So potentially he did not hire your players. His um, assistants did. Or the people who... I would love to say his parent. Well, if he's a leader, he's got like the, not the mentor, the person, the advisor that word (laughs) his advisor has hired you because his guardian that leads this town who is probably a decent enough leader or at least a decent figurehead is supposed to die before his 23rd birthday that's in three days we need to keep him alive because it's very important for us politically he lives so you're wanting to do this with some signs of what might happen Mm mm-hmm I think for that to work, we need to know the background of what's really going on. Because you can do all manner of things. This can be very open-ended. You can do all manner of things with how he's going to die, whether it's by accident or whether it really is divine prophecy that he's going to die or there's an assassin, however you choose to do it. But if you're wanting there to be signs that are there, we need to decide what... Let's take those three. What are those signs that we would find? Of course, if he's accident-prone, one of them is just discovering the people cleaning up after him what about the divine what would we be seeing for a divine what do you mean by like like what would the players discover yeah oh gotcha because as a dm you're going to need a few in the in your back pocket and i don't think you even need to have them super planned out i think they can come up as you go along because as you were describing this i was thinking as they're doing stuff just roll a dice and on a 50 50 if if you roll above a certain number or if you roll an even or an odd something happens, whatever it is, and let that help to build your story as you go. I think I like the idea of him being more of a figurehead, that politically it's more important he lives as a face 
So the advisor, kind of like the prince, you know, you have the prince that takes over after the parents die. So the prince is taken over after parents have died, but the advisor really is in charge and wants him to live. So you might have rebels that now have been trying to kill him. You might have Red Bulls. Red Rebels. <laughs> I have energy drinks. <laughs> I That's like, the name of the rebellion. <laughs> I like that idea because what could happen is, yes, you in the, in the end, you actually do save this figurehead or this face, but the prophecies are still true if he's not the true leader then the true leader Ooh. actually does die. So this behind-the-scenes person ends up getting killed. And that, that's up to you as the DM. But you get that done. The prophecies then are fulfilled. The leader of this town dies. You just want to mess with your players. Say oh, the leader's going to die. Have these horrible things happening. Like, these horses are trampling. Save him. And then on, you know, the eve of his birthday, the advisor drinks poison. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a, the whole assassination... Like I said before, you just kind of use these prophecies to your advantage as a tool to navigate things. But in the end, unless they really discover, or if you have a character, a player who's prone to breaking the fourth wall and like sees it coming, the leader dies. But the face, who's really just a puppet, you've done your mission that the advisor sets you on, which is to mm -hmm. save this figurehead who's accident prone. But the actual leader still dies. So one of the the pieces of advice I will give you because I did a prophecy for the main game that we did as a group. Mm -hmm. The way to make prophecies work is to be vague. And to do that, you have to know what you want your prophecy to be. Mm -hmm. What do you want mm -hmm. that thing to be that the players are going to discover? And then you take each line of it or each section of that and you boil it down into an image, a picture of some kind that you can write out that then it becomes very vague, very open, and you as the DM then get to, you you get a whole lot more freedom. It's not as tying. Just to, just to throw out there, it's nothing we have to lock in, but if you're going to do a prophecy, know what you want it to mean and make it as, Im as imagery heavy and symbolic as possible. Don't overcomplicate it, but enough to where you can play around with it. I might, I might just, as far as a how, I might lock in the prophecy, just that there's... Wait, did you already lock that in? Nope. Nope. Okay, I'm, I'm going to lock in there being a prophecy that just as a tool, that as a DM, you can take it or leave it however you want, but it's still a mechanic that the players have to work with. It could also be a relatively new prophecy, too. You mentioned Casey of having to be at the leader's birth, but it could be something that in the past, you know, a month ago, a seer came and gave us this prophecy, and all of a sudden we're paranoid about it because we realized what the time was that he meant. Ooh. So it's not them waiting, wait, waiting. So I wrote down, for me, a sample prophecy would be the leader will die before the solstice of Jupiter. So come up with whatever holiday, whatever astrological signs would happen on that celebration, mm -hmm. and that's the day. So they can figure out specifically this day someone's going to die. And your players don't have to figure out who it is and how. Well, if you say leader, they're going to think the kid who's in charge and you could do that or you could do like isaac you mentioned the actual leader dies it leaves you enough interpretation the only thing you're bound to is on that day someone dies mm. if they don't manage to stop it so what pieces are we missing because i feel like there's a lot to this that's still unknown where and why yeah where i think the why, why is the biggest thing you could have a seer that shows up that's a fake i mentioned there's a rebellion maybe there are people who don't like the leader and want to have a coup and they've planted a seed that there's a prophecy that someone's going to die. And they're planning an assassination attempt on that day. 
But because they see to that prophecy, they're trying to get the attention off of their true target. Or you could have this be something supernatural that maybe the seer saw that someone has a disease they're going to die from. And they're going to pass away on that day from that. I feel like the why is going to be our thing that's left open. Just by how we're trying to do this. The why is what makes it not railroady. And for you as the DM, you might want to decide a couple different, the two or three different things. That, that's what I get back to if, if it's prophetic. Mm-hmm. You might want to decide two or three different ways that this could go just to set that up for yourself so that you're not having to scramble in the middle of it. But your why can be very open-ended, especially if you want it to be player-led. So let's lock in, because we've got three lock-ins left. Let's lock in our where and then two confidants that they can go to, two places that they can go for that. So one at a time, What do we want this to be a big city or a small town, somewhere in between? I would say somewhere in between moderately sized because you don't want it so big that you have too much politics to deal with unless your characters, your players are really politics heavy, but that's a whole other game. I would imagine this just be moderately sized city, so population. So city probably. Yeah, so like a thousand people as opposed to 25. I would love for this to be big though. I'm just saying. As well, a, as a player, yeah, but like putting it in as a big city there's a whole especially if you're a murder hobo there's a whole different weight to keeping a king alive as opposed to keeping a mayor alive if you fail keeping alive a mayor make him a baron you'll get a new you'll get a new group but if you fail keeping alive a king then that's your head on a platter and as a murder hobo there's nothing better than to realize that you get to go to war (laughs) Or they're going to accuse you and they are blackmailing you to keep them alive. Yeah. That opens up a whole lot of other possibilities, just making it bigger. But I I tend to think epic in in scope. We need to change the podcast name to Murder Hobos Are Us. (laughs) Because we we have an audience we've been catering to. I love it. We cater to the story-driven people. <laughs> We're giving but we you a know scenario. That there what are, else do you want from us? Okay. We know Touché. there are DMs out there that are like, this is great for not my party. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're that DM out there, you are very thankful to have this podcast <laughs> where we consider and do the work for you. <laughs> I think doing something like Emily said of a baron or a duke, someone who is not in the capital city, but in a relatively populated area and even a stronghold. This is Macbeth. Why did you have to go there? <laughs> because Isn't there like some sort no, of superstitious thing? No, 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 no. Podcast no you said huh? You stole my idea. I stole your idea. I'm stole so sorry. Idea. It's only Macbeth, you know, super awesome Shakespearean I mean, is he story. dying though or is he killing no, no, someone? No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Go story. ahead. No, I'm just saying the story Macbeth. So my whole idea, I mean, I'm probably skipping to the end with this, but my whole idea is the leader wants more power because he's power hungry. His antics have proven to be his or her antics. I was actually going to cast it as a queen who leaves her husband and only child behind because she's seeking greater power, climbing up the ladder, being like, hmm, this guy, kind of like a Cleopatra, but then the Macbeth thing comes to mind where she's like, I can get power if I sell something. Okay, I'm going to sell my soul to these hags for, oh, a period of time. And then being the fact that she's now got a dead limit, she knows this is the day of her death. But now that it's approaching, she thinks she can weasel out of it. 
So she hires these adventurers to defend her from this approaching day of doom, which mm. she can't escape because she sold her soul to hags. But she has power in everything she asked for. See, that's nothing of what I was even thinking. No, it's my idea. Kind of it's a similarity. Great idea, how it shadows Macbeth. In my mind, mm. it shadows Macbeth. Just I'm taking certain story elements. but So this is a Shakespearean tragedy mm. scenario is I what I'm thinking. I love tragedies. And with this, what I mean by this is Macbeth is if we're going to be hired by somebody, we could have been soldiers in this leader's army, that we are the Banquo of this, that we are friends or know of, or at least work for this baron, and the king is coming to visit them one night. And when the king arrives, he, his guards, his people, tell us, by the way, we've heard that there might be trouble. There's this prophecy. Let me tell you about it. Would you be willing to protect our leader? And now you as players are in between this power play of mm. what is potentially a corrupt leader that you trust and this king that you're hired to protect. This is definitely a much higher level game. This is not something you'd want to do for low level characters if you're starting to pull kings into it. Because you've got to have characters with clout. Or they've got to be really, really well connected to get in to protect a king. I think it could work. I think the if question you're... then becomes, because the idea of the puppet leader then, if you've got this duke who's, you know, the king is coming to visit, maybe it's, you know, his nephew or something. And that could work. So the actual leader has a family connection, but the advisor wants more power. And so it's the... Thinking almost boss, bossing say from Avatar, where you had the king who didn't do anything, but people liked it was a face, yeah. and you had the actual secret police that were running everything behind the scenes. So to keep people, to keep power, they had to keep the king happy, almost like that. That as long as the prince is happy, he can do whatever heck he wants. So if he can get you to kill the king, then the prince would take over. He's next in line, and he can rule more, as well as put your players in dilemma. Do you warn the king, or do you take the promise of more power from the actual leader we have so our what is potentially then not a big city but even just a keep mm -hmm. that this is his personal his personal so you'd have a lot of people still but it's not it's still contained confidant Time. is the the special soldier leader for the ruler that's coming to visit that's that would that's be your his confidant. private guard basically yeah the leader of his private guard this so really work have, the time crunch so we have julius's Julius, yeah, Julius's. Julius Slade. Julius's keep. So his stronghold and the king is visiting. It works too because Caesar was semi-corrupt. Rome was not necessarily perfect, but I mean, they're trying. Give him props for that. And then confidant then, which is, I guess, our second one we're locking in. Yeah. So this could be someone you potentially know as well. If you work for... Julius and his army, maybe you yeah. fought alongside this person in the past. Maybe not recently, but you could have known him before he became Kingsguard. That is a way that makes it where it's okay for any level of player. That True. if you're if you're soldiers that have been working at the highest echelons and you were selected to work on this up and coming lord mm -hmm. and his army, his guard, then you could be any player yeah. level and it would work. Plus, with your friend being a king's guard, there's your clout that yeah. you have. Even if you're a lower level, mm -hmm. you've got somebody's ear that trusts you, that would back you. 
Are you in a bit of a financial pinch and looking to get some cash quick? Or perhaps you need to refinance and get the best rates available. If that's the case, then you should listen to the Potato Candy Network. It's not that we have any financial advice per se. This is just the demographic we decided to target with this PSA. So while you're pulling your hair out over your budget, just know that you could be listening to us improv one-shots on the blank scenario, or you could listen to us run through a custom-made horror campaign over on Dreadful Tales. There's also the option of listening to our new podcast, The Curators, where Casey and Marie give their take on all things pop culture. And if you'd like to help balance our budget, you can always contribute on Patreon. Just search for the Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening, and we hope your financial situation improves soon. I assume, Marie, you want to go last for yes. your present? Okay. Isaac, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Um, I guess I can go. Okay. Um, so how would you do this? What I would do is, like I said before, I would use the prophecy kind of as a mechanic or a red herring. So it's that they're going around trying to protect this guy, and it turns out that it could be the actual leader if this guy's a figurehead, which we talked about. It could be that the prophecy was open enough to where a deity was going to do, and it just so happened that this other assassin group was in on it, and you've been fighting against them, and that out of nowhere a deity shows up and does some stuff to kill them because they didn't like them. It's like Dexter's lab, a deity shows up. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and causes all manner of problems. Oh, my word, that needs, that's my next character. Pretty colors. Deity. Yes, that's my next character. Oh, no. I know be a bard. Another thing that I've been thinking since the beginning, and speak of the devil bards, <laughs> what if... Because they are the devil. Hey! <laughs> what if this prophecy was entirely made up? What if it turned out that the prophecy was a distraction? There's this prophecy that the local bard college has made a big deal about, and so they've been singing about this prophecy or making it really, really big, and so everyone's there to protect this king or figurehead, but the first bank of Julius Caesar salad uh, name that we chose, Slate, Slade, is now unprotected. So again, another sort of red herring to where, yes, I'm messing with the players, but it's that something else was the real target and that this has been fake this entire time. If they break through that storyline of it being fake or of it being a distraction or they're actually being another target, if they can roll high enough, I'd give that to them. And then they can spend the rest of the time destroying the whole scenario that we've built and try and come up with some way to stop the actual villains or the deity or save the actual figurehead if he's a uh, figurehead the actual leader behind the figurehead if it turns out he really is a good guy um but most of the things i would change just revolve around the prophecy back to city size i would probably try and run this with a smaller place because building a big city would be really hard for me at the same time if you had an established city that was really big that is where i would run it so if you had the choice of running this in Waterdeep and use the 5e handbook that's kind of the scale as far as gravity of the caliber of person you need to be protecting but if this is all on the fly i'm going to make a small city i'm going to control the small city and i'm going to put a duke instead of a king there me, I would. I think after going over that and refining it for quite a bit, my mind went in a completely different direction from the original script because <laughs> I got inspiration for a whole bunch of other stuff. But my idea, 
you know what happens? <laughs> My idea is, so there's a queen. But she got that position because she sold her old life, a.k.a. her only child, to a hag for power. Being that mm. children are a hag's uh, weakness. Bread and butter, literally. <laughs> I was going to say uh-huh. sweets, but I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Bread and butter. Yeah. yeah cookies, it counts. She sold her child to a hag for exchange for power, knowing that this is the way in. I mean, she's clearly she's an evil woman. I'm I'm building up an evil creature to begin with, but she sells her hag one hag for another. What is it? What is it? What That's are you what gonna- I call burning calories. <laughs> We're just all looking suspiciously at the cookies, going, "What did Emily put in the cookies? <laughs> are these her seven brothers?" <laughs> You just think he's anyway, moved out of We can cut that. <laughs> we can completely cut that. We're not cutting it. No. I don't even know where I'm going now. Where was I Sorry, at? Sorry, we threw you off. Okay. So she left, leaves her husband behind, sells her only child, and then marries a duke who somehow or another becomes king. Probably was his brother who got assassinated or whatnot. He moves up to power. Well, years later... The hag comes back and is like, ooh, children, I want more. I can give you more power. And the queen's like, nah, I'm good. But the hag's desperate for her kids, so she curses her and gives her a prophecy saying, in three days you shall die unless you surrender your children to me. So, knowing I would, I like the idea of giving your adventurers a target. So, massive city, okay, where would a hag hide in a massive city? And then just kind of send them off with that target so they have a target they're going after. They know what to look for. So after the hag, and she's like, yes, adventurers help me for I shall be in ever for indebted to you. And it's like in three days, something horrible is going to happen. This hag has cursed me unless I surrender my children. And you could have something else going on. Maybe her husband, her old husband who she left long ago, he's enacting revenge on her as well because he realized that she sold their child and now he hates her for that and so he's trying to get revenge you could add that as a second element but i think for now the hag is what i would run with (laughs) and send my adventurers after especially murder hobos it's like where's the hag and you're killing monsters left and right because big city for me i feel like this runs the risk of getting convoluted very very quickly so i i would also take some inspiration from Macbeth. I think rather than doing a big old massive city that it would be better to do a fort that's on the edge of the kingdom that the king is coming to visit in X amount of time. As far as story hooks are concerned, you can either have the players being a part of this military that they've been there forever, whatever their classes end up being, or you can have them being adventurers that come upon this keep in the middle of a journey however you want to do it at the end of a long battle, whatever. So again, that Macbeth style that it ends with them back in the keep, they discover that the King is coming. The King shows up and the captain of the guard happens to be an old buddy of one of your players, whichever player wants that to, to be a thing, just pull from their backstories that captain, of the guard says, Hey, I remember you from way back when you were really good at solving problems and i need your help on something the king has been in poor health and there is rumors that something is going to happen to him within the next three days and he is moving out here on his way to 
clearer pastures, greener, greener grass, whatever you want to say, for safety's purposes. While he's here for the next couple of days, we need you to watch out for him and find out anything you can about what might be going on. And from that point on, it's up to the players to solve what's going on. I think it would be most interesting for me running it for this to be an assassination situation. And similar to Macbeth, where there's somebody trying to move up the ranks, this could easily be something that the queen is actually interested, perhaps, in this Macbeth-esque character. And Julius Slade is the, the king. So you're trying to actually protect Julius Slade rather than killing him off. From that point on, it would be trying to uncover that conspiracy, trying to uncover that plot where the queen is trying to get rid of the king and boost this Macbeth analog up to become the next king. That he might be, if you want to make it romantic, that they might be in love. If you want to make it familial, that he is her long-lost son that only she knows about. And he has come up through the ranks and quote-unquote deserves to be king, however you want to make it. But you want to make sure that you are very clear on what the conspiracy is before you start planning anything. Because conspiracies tend to make games that much longer if you're not careful with it. Because then it gets real muddled and real crazy and the players get frustrated and you get frustrated. (laughs) Know exactly what it is that's going on down to the minor detail. But for me, I think if I did it that way, ran it in a gothic, dreary style in keeping with the Shakespearean tragedy of Macbeth, I think that would make it a whole lot of fun to be able to run. And then from that, you could really have the queen playing games with the king that maybe is toying with his sanity, that you don't know how this prophecy came to be, you don't know how these rumors came to start, and so you're funneling your way back to find out what all actually is going on. And that provides a whole lot more opportunities for your players if they want to investigate or if they want to fight to solve this case, solve this mystery with a whole lot of options. I think I ended up somewhere between Casey and Isaac, which is very interesting on the spectrum of <laughs> really dark, gritty to mess with the players. So That's rare. Yeah. <laughs> True neutral. What, messing with the players? Pretty much. It would be. This one, the way I imagine this, for me running, this would be a in-between major story arcs. So you could set up at any level, but they've either finished a mission or a quest, or they're you know maybe on the run from a mission or quest if they did something stupid. Murder hobos. No, yeah. So have your party be hired as extra security by the Julius estate. Um, probably not by Julius himself. Again, he'd be the figurehead. But they are hired as extra security because the king is coming to visit his nephew. So Julius is a king's nephew, so he could be coming out for, say, you know, if there's a birthday celebration or if it's, you know, a local celebration, but there's a celebration going on and the king's coming to visit, so you're extra security. First day of the celebration, random mad prophet comes in screaming about the death of a leader. Yeah. Everyone gets on edge. So you then, because you are friends with the leader of the king's guards, whether through whatever series of events you want, like Casey mentioned, it could be just from a past experiences. Maybe they had direct interactions with him. If you had a really fun NPC you want to bring back, maybe they got promoted. But you are asked by the guard to protect the king because everyone's paranoid. We need extra security. Then you are asked by the advisor of Julius to protect the kid because Julius is 
technically the heir and next in line. And if he is killed, this would be horrible for us. Protect him. So you have to choose who you're going to protect. Whoever the party plans to protect, that's who things happen to. So during the course of the celebration, they want it to go on as normal. They managed to cover up for the most part about the prophecy. Maybe it was just to the royal court. So commoners and people working castle didn't hear exact details. Also, it's a mad prophet, so you can discount him a little bit that way. But there's a horse race. We're going to go on the horse race. Royal highs or lows? On the highs, like, well, you notice that the king's horse looks a bit odd. Go protect the king because mm. something might happen to him. So basically keeping your players on your toes, making them think something's going to happen constantly to whoever they're protecting. If they manage or if they fail at any point, that person may actually die. If they do not, if they manage to keep that person alive, by the end of the celebration, everyone's kind of calmed down a bit because nothing's happened yet they feel safe. And this is where Isaac comes in. The advisor <laughs> drinks poison and dies. <laughs> and everyone just kind of stops. And that would be the moment party of, wait, what? Yeah, the leader will die. The leader? He's in charge of the keep. What, what, what do you think he is? So you haven't technically upset any political balance because really just the kid needs a new advisor. That's all it is. The king is still alive, so he's not going to care. He's an advi the advisor dies, whatever. But you can mess with your players. You can do a bunch of silly little contests and things that there's an axe throwing contest. What if someone throws an axe at the king? We need to be aware of this. Basically, just keeping your players paranoid until the end. And if they've managed to do it right, mm -hmm. then the true target dies because there's a coup being planned. That the players may not have thought to look into at all. You could also be super petty with this. And instead of killing somebody that's high up on the food chain, like the actual advisor, you could kill the butler. <laughs> because the scullery maid hates his guts and she wants his position. The leader of the house. The leader of the house. <laughs> He's just this random nobody. It's like, oh, yeah, the butler killed over dead. Okay. So he's not important. No, he's the leader, as in leader of the house. Yeah. Master of the house. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah. If you want to go with master of the house, it could be the innkeeper in town. It could oh. just... Uh -huh. Yeah. And I just... I like, I like the idea this. that there's this coup being planned, and so they're picking off the people they think are going to be most at risk. This mad prophet either got wind of it, so maybe he's not a true prophet. Maybe he was just trying to warn someone. Or he actually had a prophecy, he just didn't know what it meant and couldn't explain it. But basically, your players get to decide, does the king slash the duke Julius die because of their incompetence? Or does someone else die because they managed to keep the actual person alive? Prophet goes into a coma. So he's passed out, you can't revive him, nothing helps. So well, he's there instead of just disappearing. Sears don't remember what they say, though. So they could question him later and he'll have no memory about what he said. If I was a player... A really good fix for all of this is just promote some beggar to be leader of the city for a day. They die, the prophecy's fulfilled, and then you go on your merry way. It feels like a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> yeah. Except when that guy takes the lead, he decides to execute the king and the yeah. dude. Yeah. Oh, I was like, And yeah. takes over, and you discover that he's uh -huh. actually the god of chaos, and he now leads the realm. I was thinking he was actually the king's uncle in disguise kind of thing. He'd been oh, exiled, man. snuck back in. Richard the Lion was returned. I would take this to be a minor, a very small one shot of just messing with the players and just making them paranoid about every dice roll. Just, we're going to go here. Okay, rolls dice. What was that for? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Half the rolls would be for nothing. I would, it's like none of the rolls matter, but it'd be like, the king's going to go into an axe throwing contest, roll dice, and immediately just everyone go on the edge. Like, what's going to happen? You've been reading Paranoia recently, haven't you? <laughs> no, I was reading um, The Yellow King, so. But 
I love that my, me and Isaac, yeah, we're just gonna mess yeah. with people. You guys are too serious over there. <laughs> Shakespearean tragedy. Yeah, Shakespearean man. conspiracy. Oh, man. Exactly. Tragedy. <laughs> Same difference. We almost went Lear that point. You know, this Lear. episode's already yeah. bad luck, because I think this is episode 13 for us recording it, and we mentioned Macbeth. Yeah. On that note, this has been A Blank Scenario. We will see y'all next time. Dun, dun, dun. This is Darkling speaking. I wanted to thank you for listening and encourage you to leave a review. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at PotatoCandyNet, or you can go to PotatoCandyNetwork.com and follow the links to our Twitters and Patreon. We have more content in the works, as well as premium material for our Patreon in the future, so be sure to give us a follow. Hello! Bob Spuds here on the scene once again reporting for Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your podcasting app of choice. If you have a scenario prompt you want us to use, send it to us on social networking with Instagram and Facebook at Potato Candy Network. And if you really liked us, consider supporting us on Patreon for bonus content monthly, such as behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, inspirations, and future episode previews. Check out our brother show, Dreadful Tales, for some taut tension, full, truly terrifying tales of terror. <laughs> Got that on the first try, you know. And finally, please leave us a review, as it helps your recommendations and helps others find the hard work we do here at Potato Candy Network. Oh, and friendly reminder, if someone asks you if you're a god, don't think of marshmallows. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy.